Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The word of God that we hear this morning is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 2 to 12. The Pharisees came and asked Jesus, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Testing him. And he answered and said to them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and to dismiss her. And Jesus answered and said to them, Because of the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. In the house, his disciples also asked him again about this same matter. So they said to him, so he said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Got this coffee maker here. As you can tell, I've been trying to fix it. Got it a couple years ago at Goodwill, and uh, it didn't last long, maybe a year. Been trying to fix it uh, for most of the summer. When it first broke, I went online and found out that you could order every part in here. They got a nice little graph of every part labeled, and you just pick the number of the part you want or the part that broke and order it. Kind of really makes you wonder if they really expect how long the makers expected it to last. If they provide you with the opportunity to order whatever part was broken. The disciples in our text this morning kind of have the same attitude. The Pharisees as well, don't they? They come to Jesus saying, look, God provided a, a law. He provided rules and regulations about divorce. Did God really expect marriage to last? Didn't he? Wasn't it okay? Wasn't divorce okay with him that he provided this opportunity for divorce. Jesus, of course, answers with a resounding no. He goes all the way back to the beginning, doesn't he? From the beginning, it was not so. God built marriages to last. That was his intention. Because of the hardness of your heart, he tells the Pharisees, because of man's willful sinfulness and continual disobedience, God knowing that no matter what he said or did, people and their sinfulness would insist on a divorce, provided rules and regulations to minimize the effect of our sin, to help to protect the wronged party. So yes, he did provide those regulations in the Old Testament, but it was not what it was meant to be. Rather, Jesus says, what God has joined together. You could just as easily translate that. What God has built, he has built to last. The disciples are shocked. What? Marriages were meant to last forever? They come and they pull Jesus aside in, into a building afterwards. Are, are you sure about this, Jesus? And in the other Gospels, we find out that they even go on to say, well, then it's better not to get married at all. 
How can we expect marriages to last our whole life? That, oh, that's just crazy. Of course, it would be crazy if men were the ones building the marriage. And that's a mistake that disciples make, isn't it? That they think it's, it's up to them to build a marriage that's going to last. But Jesus points them back to God. Yeah, men build piece, uh, cheap junk like this. We're good at building cheap junk. That doesn't last. But God doesn't build cheap junk, does he? God builds quality. This, this coffee machine, this is DeLonghi, which actually I think is supposed to be a, a good name, but obviously not as good as the name of God. Your marriage isn't a DeLonghi marriage, is it? Or any other man-made institution. Your marriage is a Yahweh marriage. God's name put upon it. What God has joined together. That uh, <coughs> phrase uh, causes fear in the disciples and in many others too. How can we be committed to one person for the rest of our life? But rather than causing fear, it should be a sentence of hope, of joy. A promise from God that we know he can keep and maintain and strengthen and build a marriage that can last. What a wonderful promise from God. I've joined these two people together. I will build them up together. It's a wonderful promise for all of us. For those of you looking forward to marriage and wondering <clears throat> how you can make it last, it's, you have that promise of God that you can build your, your upcoming marriage upon and look forward to it with joy rather than looking forward to it with fear, like, how can I do it? For those of you currently in marriage and perhaps struggling in your marriage and wondering, is this marriage going to last? Uh, what am I doing wrong? What is my spouse doing wrong? Can I, can I put my faith and trust in them? Well, you can put your faith and trust in that name that God has put on your marriage, what God has joined together. And for those of you who perhaps <clears throat> may be dealing with a broken marriage, we know God promises grace and every blessing even in the midst of our sin. And once again, you can look forward to this promise from God that even though your sin may have caused serious problems in your life, you can trust that God can rebuild a new relationship and give you joy in another one that's lasting despite the baggage you might be bringing into it. You know, this coffee machine here, I'm, I'm going to have to throw away because I can't seem to get it fixed. But I wonder how many coffee machines and toasters and TVs and computers are lying in the garbage, not because they're broken, but because people just wanted something newer. Something, they saw something shinier in the, in the store and wanted something different. It's really sad when people throw away marriages for the same reason, right? Not because their current marriage is broken, but because they see something shinier or newer. They want something better, and they throw away that solid, dependable brand name of Yahweh, the marriage that God has built uh, for something that just looks shiny. One of the biggest problems in marriages is not it, is it that we, we always look at what we think we're missing 
ooh, that looks better. That marriage looks better. That person looks better. Instead of looking to value what we have, that's a constant problem we have. It's one of our greatest weaknesses as humans and one that Satan knows he can exploit often with us. Look at what you're missing. That's what, that's what Satan said to Eve in the garden, isn't he? Don't worry about all that God has blessed you with, but look at how you're, you're, what, what you're missing. You're missing that one fruit that's going to give you knowledge of good and evil. This is why sometimes the, the very best thing you can do for a marriage is to stop window shopping. Stop looking around and saying, well, oh, I wish I had that or I wish I had that and start looking at what you have and how to value what you have. Your spouse is a person that God made and created and God doesn't make junk, does he? He didn't make junk when he made your spouse. He didn't make junk when he built your marriage on his word. Learn to value what you have instead of complaining about what you don't have. Jesus is quite clear in our text that there's one and only one reason why we ought to throw away a marriage, sexual immorality. But even that, God can fix even when that happens, God can rebuild the marriage and make it strong and whole and good once again. What God has joined together. You know, even after I ordered the new part for, for this cog machine, this part right here was broken. And even after I ordered that new part and put it in, just like the direction said, it, it still doesn't work because it's not sealed properly for some reason and there's hot pressurized water going through there and instead of going where it's supposed to go it just kind of sprays everywhere out of that that new piece that I put in and so it's really not the piece that's a problem but some kind of sealant is needed I tried different kinds of glue nothing really seemed to work it's true that in marriage God has joined it together to sinful, imperfect people, right? The parts aren't perfect. But the glue is what's important. Christ, the one holding them together. You know, even if you had perfect bricks, and you stack one on top of the other, they aren't going to stay stacked very long. They aren't going to stay together very long unless you have a good, strong mortar, a good, strong glue holding them, binding them together. Yeah, the, the pieces are imperfect. The people joined together in marriage are imperfect. But you have the glue that is Christ Jesus. God has joined them together. A much better glue than the ones I tried on this, obviously, because this, this one didn't work. God builds to last. What God has joined together. You know... As I said, even after I ordered the new part, this is still broken. I couldn't get it to good and fix it, so I'm probably going to have to throw it away. But there probably are some people who could figure out how to fix it. Probably if I send it in the manufacturer, they almost definitely could fix it. It's not really worth it. It wasn't that expensive to begin with, so I'm not going to do that. But your marriage is worth it, isn't it? And so often we think that when there's a problem with our marriage, we can fix it ourselves, like I tried to fix this coffee machine. But we're the imperfect ones. We're the ones that caused the problem to begin with. We need Christ, don't we? 
So much better when there's problems, when there's cracks in your marriage, to, to bring it to God, to bring it to your pastor, to ask for help. Not to be embarrassed that, okay, uh, we're not perfect people. God knows you're not perfect people. We all know we're not perfect people. We all know we struggle with our marriage. But it's so much better to come and, and get that help from God while it's still a small problem. Even when it gets to be a big problem, God can still fix it. Still, you can, you can still come to God and he can patch up even a marriage that's torn apart. But it's a lot better for everyone <laughs> if it's fixing a little problem rather than a big problem. What God has joined together, God has built to last. But marriage isn't the only thing that God has built to last in our text, is it? Jesus shows us in our text that his word is built to last as well. Because he goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 2. The Pharisees want to argue about what marriage is and whether divorce should be a, a, is a, a good thing or not. And, God, and Jesus goes back to Genesis 2, the second chapter of, of the Bible, and he says, what's written there? He says, this is still relevant to you today. He says to his disciples and to us as well. It doesn't matter that for Jesus, that was 4,000 years before uh, Jesus, the creation of the world. For us, it's 6,000 years ago, but it doesn't, mean, it doesn't matter if it's 10 or 20,000 years. God's word doesn't change. God, Jesus says, this is what marriage was from the beginning in the Garden of Eden, and this is what marriage is now because God has said, God has spoken, and his word does not change. A man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. One man, one woman, joined for life. God's word doesn't change, and what God says about marriage doesn't change. Jesus quotes from the Old Testament, this is God's word, and God's word is built to last. That's actually what the name Jehovah means. The name of our God means the one who doesn't change his promises. Who doesn't change his word. The I am God who has spoken and what he has spoken remains. That's something that's built to last. That's that name Yahweh built on his word. Heaven and earth shall pass away but my word shall by no means pass away. Not only is our marriages and God's word built to last but what a beautiful thing we read in the very next chapter of Genesis isn't it? Here, here in Genesis 2, God builds marriages to last, but the next chapter, Genesis 3, he builds our salvation to last. From the very beginning, God declared, I will send my son. He shall bruise his head. He will crush the head of, of Satan. And that's a, a promise, a promise of salvation that God built from the beginning to last. You know, just this, just this last week, uh, I was sharing with our newest members here one of my favorite stories from, from Scripture, the story of Balaam and Balak. And little kids love that story because a donkey is speaking, but I love the story because of what God says here in Numbers 23, 19 to 21. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he spoken and will not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. He has not observed iniquity in Jacob, nor has he seen wickedness in Israel. God 
started that plan of our salvation from the very beginning, just as he created marriage from the very beginning. And when we read through the Old Testament, we see him laying it down brick by brick throughout 4,000 years. God is building that plan of salvation. You know, sometimes people uh, ask me or say something to me along the effect of, well, well, why do we need to worry about the Old Testament? Why do we need to study the Old Testament or read the Old Testament? This is why! Because in the Old Testament, we see God laying down brick by brick that building up that plan of our salvation. I don't know how long it took the Egyptians to build the pyramids. Those are fairly steady and secure, right? But God spent 4,000 years carefully building that plan of our salvation. He built it to last, and it remains. Christ came and was born and died for our sins. Every single brick, every single promise that you are forgiven, that you are saved by Christ, those are promises that are built to last. And we need those promises, don't we? We, know, we need to know the genuineness, the security, the faithfulness of God. We need to know that those promises are Yahweh promises, promises that don't fail like this coffee machine did. We need those promises in our lives. We need those promises in our marriages because we do so often fail. And if it were left up to us, we could never build a marriage that would last. God can build not only a marriage that will last, but a salvation that will remain forever. Amen. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.